Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Welcome to Morning Footy. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. I'm Susanna Collins, alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davis. We got Michael LaHood in the house. Let's go. Alexis <laughs> we go back Michelle's here with to 13 years old. Yep. What? Yeah, yeah. We've known each, so we've known each other. Charlie is the person in the footballing community that I've known the longest. 13. Get out of here. Yeah. Okay, tell me about Charlie as a young guy. <laughs> oh, he hasn't changed. <laughs> He's also the same person we were at 13. Definitely more mature, better style than we had at 13, hey. but same big Charlie <laughs> Davis personality. Aw, I love it. It's great to have you back, Michael. I want to know about LaHood at 13. Uh, he, he was quiet. But he was, you know, he's a defensive midfielder. He was hard on the ball. So he was one of those, those young kids that was quiet. But as soon as you got the ball moving on the pitch, he was, no matter how big the player was, he was like full charge into you. He'd win the tackle and he played quickly. Wow. Mind you, I. And he, Charlie has been the same size since we were 13. Nah, oh, no, I was, <laughs> no, I was tidy. We were both tidy. We were, okay, we were okay. both tidy, yeah. But like, I, he was always smiling. That's what I, I always remember. LaHood, he was always smiling. Although, you know, when you play for Wake Forest, I, I, I couldn't stand you. But. Chuck, let, let's. Hey, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> is this BC Wake Forest rivalry? Because yeah, yeah. yeah. Wake Forest BC rivalry mm -hmm. was heated. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Are you guys, I, I, part of my ignorance, I've called conferences I'm not so well versed you, Nico in. doesn't know? It, I don't. About conferences. That's like my weakness. The best college it's, conference it, You guys are in the, the same conference. So, yeah, I, I remember when, Charlie, you came into the ACC right when BC first switched yeah. conferences. What, you guys, Big East? Yeah. At the time, and you guys had you, Ali, there was a guy, is it uh, Manfred? Sharon Manswell. Manswell, sorry, yeah. my memory. But no, no. You, you guys had a squad. Ruben. And Ruben. I remember when BC came in, that's when the stanky leg really was brewing. Yeah. Uh, uh, the stanky uh, leg was a thing long before it was a thing. He was workshopping it, yeah. just waiting yeah, for his big moment. Trying everything. Of course yeah. you were, I have no doubt, no doubt. We have a yeah. lot. Oh, there's so much to talk yeah. about today. This mm -hmm. Monday show is absolutely packed. So um, let's start with the Women's World Cup because, guys, we started out with 32 teams, and we are down to four. 
We have got Spain and Sweden and Australia and England remaining. They will face off in the semifinals. Do you know what's so cool? Is that all four of these teams, it would be the first World Cup win for any of them, which mm. is really, really neat. Um, so, Australia, I think, has been a really incredible story for this World Cup. Obviously, a host nation here, but they had a 0-0 draw with France that then went to PKs. And here are some of the scenes of the final moments of this Oof. game when Australia uh, just took it to them. They ended up beating them 7-6 uh, in penalties. This was and the longest penalty kick shootout in World Cup history, men's or women's. 20, I believe it was 20 PKs were taken in this there for Australia to eventually advance. They had never made it to a quarterfinals. They had ne have never made it to a semifinals. This is the Matildas, man. Like, what a fun, fun story, Chuck. <laughs> fun, fun story. I couldn't be more happy for my, my old coach, my former coach, mm. Tony Gustafsson, who's leading this Australia side. You could see the tears in his eyes after the final whistle and after that penalty shootout victory, what it meant to him, what it meant to the team, what it meant to the country. And for them to not have Sam Kerr mm. at 100% mm -hmm. and yeah. to make it this Big. far is such an incredible achievement. And I know the tournament's still going on. I know the U.S. are gonna be looking for a manager because I just don't think Blacko will be extended after this. It, it's, I think it's run its course with the Vlaco experiment. He hasn't, he hasn't done it in the Olympics. He hasn't done it in the World Cup for a, a super talented pool. So now you start to look at what are the other options out there. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, Serena Vigman is, is a big one with the English national team. Would she leave for the U.S. job? Who knows? But Tony Gustafsson having been an assistant under Pia Sunhage at with the U.S. Women's National Team, also being an assistant with Jalela. So he understands these teams that have in the past won World Cups, have won trophies. So he knows what it means to represent the U.S. Women's mm -hmm. National Team and how to find and get the most out of those players. I would not be shocked if he's one of the front, running, front runners mm -hmm. for the next opening of the U.S. Women's National Team job, because look at the job he's done with Australia. Now, Sam Kerr, you could see some explosion when she came into the game. She's starting to look more like mm -hmm. herself. Yep, yep. I wouldn't be shocked if she starts the next match, that she's had some, some time to build up some match fitness, and What a boost for them, good. too, to know that you've gotten this far without yeah. your best player, probably the best player in the world, starting these matches, mm -hmm. and now you've got this weapon that I mean, she ended up playing what was almost the equivalent of an entire 90 after and extra time. time. But, I mean, just what an emotional boost for them to get your best player back. And you've gotten this far Unbelievable. And, and the scenes in Australia have been incredible. The amount of support, how the country has uh, backed this national team. And now, in mostly every other sport, mm. we have what would be a pretty big rivalry between... England and Australia. Um, Remember too, Australia in, is the team that April, ended their their 37 streak. Thirty-seven games mm -hmm. in, in just in April. They they got it done. That's like the one loss. And on uh, other side, it's been top performances from from England. Wins against mm. what is essentially they beat big big powerhouses in the world of mm -hmm. women's football. And but 
presence in the midfield, but they're doing the work. That midfield three for Liverpool has been set to defend first and allow the likes of Salah, Sadio Mane, and Firmino in years past. He played with two attack-minded midfielders, and I think they got exposed throughout the 90 minutes as the game went on. After that Mo Salah goal got called back, and it was a fraction of an offside, another yeah. peach of a pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold, who, by the way, is playing center midfield right now for Liverpool in what everyone seems to be doing of tucking in their outside back and putting him as a midfielder. But I think for Liverpool, what you see, I think they're a team that would have benefited more from Moises Caicedo. I agree with both of you that Alexis McAllister is not a defensive midfielder. Liverpool, the biggest task they have is to find a defensive midfielder before the window closes because mm-hmm. they, they're they cooking right yeah, now, that, but that, they need that to be really fired. That up. market is scarce. It's yeah. Romeo Labia is, is probably the best one out there in England. Now, if, you, if they go outside of England, then maybe the, the price will come down because right now they're saying it's around 55 million and, and to, to get Olivia. But Chelsea's pushing for Olivia also. Mm-hmm. I, I also say that, well, you, you can kiss that guy <laughs> after getting Caicedo, but I, I think Is there you have to be happy with Shobosly. Yes. In, in yeah. His first appearance. Impresses. I thought the way he moved. And Jota, if he didn't take that shot in the first half, mm. Shobosly comes through, mm-hmm. dribbles through, well, no. and would have just run right by instead, instead of Jota taking that shot. And I, and I don't think Jota is the answer at the nine for Liverpool mm. long-term. Chuck- I know you hope Darwin Nunez, given his price tag, gets going, mm-hmm. but I don't think Jota will will help Liverpool get over the hump and make sure they're in the top four if he's starting at the nine. We yep. can't. One thing we can't do while talking about this Chelsea-Liverpool match is not mention Nico Jackson. The guy is a unit. He is the answer, could be the answer. Could what, be. Just be, what Chelsea could was missing be. last year could be the answer. The power, the athletic prowess, the commitment, the desire up top. Watching him as the game went on, I go back to that Mikhail Mudrik chance that should have been the game winner. Yeah. That was DDA Drogba-esque. I'm not saying he's Drogba full out. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we cannot not were, talk about this were, game there without mentioning Nico Jackson. There were, there were moments uh, that he showed that he can play in the Prem, that he's got not only the awareness, he's physical, the way he was absorbing pressure between center backs. He was, give, he was giving the Liverpool back line a Fits. tough time, yeah. but you got to score. Yeah. He's, he had a he's good at opening space. He had a couple of opportunities. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. It yes. was his first DDA, game. DDA, Drogba, press. Oh, man. Hence the S, you got to be careful with DDA. those DDA, Drogba. <laughs> I'm just saying, I know Chuck. I know Chuck. I know Chuck. I saw the eyebrows raised. I saw the Nico <laughs> look. That's why I said S before I anything. Said, I S. said, Chuck's not having any of it. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, they split the points. Uh, and a decent, a decent result for uh, Chelsea under Pochettino, his first match in charge. Um, let's chat quickly uh, a little inter-Miami because the messy train continues to roll on a 4-0 win over Charlotte at Charlotte. And they are in the semifinals of League's Cup, Nico. Su- or Charlie, go, go for it. <laughs> What's going to say is, Susanna, if you watch this into Miami team now, look at the movement. Mm-hmm. You weren't getting this pre-Messi nope. or, or pre-Tata Martino. And I was surprised that we didn't really hear it on this broadcast. But if you watch Inter-Miami and the way that they play, it's not just because Messi and Busquets are in the team or in Tata Martino. Now it's how many options each player has. And not only that, on that first goal, what was so impressive was DeAndre Yedlin's decision-making. Because mm-hmm. typically, he runs down and he just yep. whips in yep. the ball. He doesn't even look. He could just hit it with his eyes closed. 
This was purposeful, and he played it right into the path. Yep. That's what I noticed right off the bat is guys are making better decisions on the ball. It's, it's incredible how much they've, they've taken that moment to pause and think because they have more options. I don't want to say that Messi wasn't impactful because it was. When you have Messi on the field, even if he doesn't touch the ball, yeah. he impacts the game, mm -hmm. and it's to your team's benefit. But he didn't have a... Mess, messy no, performance no, no, that no, we've no, been used to in these yeah. first couple of games where it's like literally throwing the team on his back and there's a little more of a performance from him. you know yeah. Michael Jordan poster performance iconic performance mm -hmm. he he got a goal you asked me what did you ask 2.5 goal contributions mm -hmm. and he was at did he even get an assist I think he was at one or two anyway he it was great to see the team respond mm. when it wasn't all messy the entire way. So yeah. they have a their toughest test will be against Philly. Philadelphia is mm. going to be tough. And Charlotte is a bad team. Let's yes. Hey, Charlotte. Let's, Charlotte was horrible the other day. They're, they're very a, they're bad. A bad team. Wow. Yeah. I just before we go Way to break, harsh. I just want to give some flowers to Robert Taylor. This guy, not many people, Nico, you probably knew more about him, and not many people were giving him any respect. But in the words of some of my African brothers, put some respect on this man's name because he's playing <laughs> like a worldie right now. Mm -hmm. The guy can't stop scoring. Yeah. No, he's so one, one, of the, one of the best stories in soccer right now is that of Robert Taylor, who was basically playing in the lower divisions of England just a few years ago. And now he's playing alongside Messi and scoring goals. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break. We are chatting more Premier League with Anita Jones when we return on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Put some respect. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to Morning Footy, opening weekend of the Premier League season. Ah, the Emirates was buzzing. Look at all these happy fans. Charlie, how happy are you to have Premier League back? So happy. So happy. <laughs> so happy. It just feels right and normal again, right? Well, here we look go. Look at Roy Hodgson <laughs> mixing it up. Amazing. Well, here's a look at some of the notable results of opening weekend. Uh, Man City absolutely whooping Burnley 3-0. <laughs> Just have to, I have to say, call a spade a spade here. Newcastle 5-1 over Aston Villa. Arsenal get the 2-1 win over Nottingham Forest. And Brighton with the 4-1 win over Luton Town. 
We also saw Brentford and Tottenham end in a 2-2 draw. Chelsea and Liverpool share the points, one goal apiece. And today we've got Manchester United taking on Wolves at the game at 3 p.m. Eastern on USA. But let's get to uh, some of the highlights of the weekend, shall we? Let's do Starting it. Starting with Burnley, Manchester City. As I said, this was uh, a thumping. Uh, are we only four minutes into the this game This was here? a thumping. And boom! What? Erling Holland didn't wait long to open up his account of, for this season. And... He didn't, he, he didn't stop there either. No, he did not. A brace for him in this game. You know, it was funny. Ahead of the season, we're like, how does he keep up this pace? Can he keep up this pace? And I think that we all got our answer. Oh, they, <laughs> this finish was special. Um, the first one, you're, you see him on the end of a cross. This one, just the touch and the curl to the upper, off the upper post. Unbelievable. All right, let's move it along to Arsenal taking on Nottingham Forest. Uh, Matt Turner in goal. For Nottingham Forest, his first game for his new club. Unlucky here with the, the mm. slight deflection. I think he he might, he might have saved that, but Eddie Nketiah needed that, and then this Bukayo Saka stunner. Get out of here. Oh. I'm sorry, but there's not a keeper in the world that's saving that. No, so. no, no. To be fair, Matt Turner had a decent game, a decent showing for his new club. All right, let's move it along to Newcastle, hosting Aston Villa. Yeah, Sandro Tonali showed up for Newcastle and there were so many questions marks about whether he could play in the Premier or not. He adapted within minutes and set up this goal and Alexander Isak was on one the other day. This Look finish at this. was oh, absurd. Peach. He is such a quality player and Newcastle just put the cherry on top. Harvey Barnes coming in making it 5-1. They absolutely pummeled Villa. They're going to be a fun team to watch this year. All right, and finally, we've got Brentford and Tottenham. Tottenham, no Harry Kane? No, no Harry the Kane. The first game under Ange Postacoglu. And it, it was, I mean, I give Ange Postacoglu so much respect because Romero had a head injury, and then he scores a goal, but he was a little bit woozy. And Ange took him off. Even though Romero was giving them the thumbs up, I want to stay on, he took him off early in the first half. And Tottenham still stuck with it. This game was back and forth, mm -hmm. and there was opportunities for both sides. I, I like that Tottenham showed some resilience, but they're definitely going to need to mm -hmm. go back in the transfer market and, and use that money that they got from Harry Kane's sale to bring some more quality players to the side. But you know what it was promising for Spurs? When you've gotten so used to the Antonio Conte Spurs where it was defend first and then mm -hmm. see what happens, sit in a lower block than usual and then have like Harry Kane release wingers. This was, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, they might have wanted to have a little bit more control, but you can definitely see that Postacoglu has put his imprint already on, on some of these players, and they understand what he wants, that fun, offensive style of football. Brentford is a great counter-attacking team, and mm -hmm. then they did what they could do, and, and, and their, their quality as well. So um, it's, it's promising for, for Spurs. I, I love the positivity, guys. Promising, I think Spurs, unless they make headway in the transfer market, is going to be a long season. Pasakoglu is a good coach. He's a good manager. He will get the most out of these players. But if Tottenham Hotspurs, if they're feeling good about a 2-2 draw against Brentford, long season. That is not what we expect from Spurs. I think in this game what we saw is 
the missing piece of how crucial Harry Kane has been to the Spurs team. Last season, Harry Kane salvaged Spurs from some horrendous potential results. They will have to get that right at the number nine position or else it's going to be a long season. Well, I, you know, I just think it's probably going to be a roller coaster because Ange is trying to put a, a stamp on this team and make it his team. And, yes, you get your fullbacks high. Emerson was up under the strikers when he scores that goal. So there's a lot of moving parts, and I think – once the set season settles down, you might start to see uh, Ange Postacoglu Tottenham, and it's a Tottenham that's going to be on the front foot. All right, well, uh, let's bring in our Premier League insider, Anita Jones, who was actually at this match, fresh off your experience down under for the World Cup. Are you, have you recovered from your jet lag yet, Anita? Slow, slow. Um, I'm getting there, for sure. <laughs> uh, that game definitely brought me back to life because it was end-to-end -end stuff, like you said. I just wanted to pick up because, you know, if there are any Brentford fans watching, we had to give them love. They do have a good record against the top six, so I don't think it was ever going to be an easy game for them, whether Harry Kane was there or not. Um, Thomas Frank is like a mastermind. He knows when to strike with the best substitute. He knows how to change things in a game so well. So I think it was a good test for Ange Postacoglu in his first game in the Premier League. Anita, what was your, your biggest takeaway in this Tottenham side sans Harry Kane, the first game that we're, we're seeing them without their, their striker? What did you make of it? James Madison is going to be so key to bringing that creativity. He knows that's what he's there to do. Of course, he got two assists in the game. The first one was just beautiful, the way he um, crossed the ball into the box and Nico picked up on it already. Um, Romero got at the end of it. But he's going to be so key because when he wasn't in the game, they struggled. He was able to break up um, Brentford's defence. But equally, um, Emerson Royale getting involved on the scoring as well. Um, when he was pushing forward, that's when Brentford were able to attack down that left flank. So it'll be interesting to see if um, he's going to be used just to, to go forward um, more so than in that defensive role. Um, and they're probably going to need to dip into the transfer market, market like you guys said, because um, I don't think they have enough defenders. And that, that's going to be a crucial thing, even if they're not in Europe, to really have um, a fully fit squad to see what the, the eight, nine months of Premier League football, it will be tough for what they've got so far. Anita, have you heard of any possible transfer targets for this Tottenham side? How are they going to reinvest in the squad? Is it Ange Postacoglu going with players that he's familiar with? Or is this, hey, we're going to go for the best caliber players that we can, we can get? They're keeping their cards close to their chest. Of course, the deal with Harry Kane was worth around £100 million. So there is money in the pot to invest. But they did bring in new players already. We saw debuts for the like of um, Destiny in the defence, Mickey van der Ven as well in the defence, and then a new goalkeeper because Hugo Lloris, the, the former captain, is set to leave the club, I believe, this month. So there's definitely money there. Um, it's whether Daniel Levy wants to invest that money right now. Um, from what I've heard, there's going to be a protest by uh, Tottenham Hotspur fans next week at that home game. I believe they're hosting Manchester United. Um, and that's really to just vent the anger that they, they've felt of the way the club's been run for a while. So maybe that will put pressure on the board to dip into some of that money from the sale of one of the best ever players we've had in the Premier League and Harry Kane. Anita, with Harry Kane gone, new captain, same stalwart, Sun Yun Ming. He's on the left-hand side, but what did you make of his overall performance in the Premier League opener? 
Um, it wasn't great that he conceded a penalty. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't have liked the first game to go that way, but they still managed to get a point from it. I think he's probably the best pick. Um, it was probably a masterstroke from Ange Postacoglu when he decided who was going to be a part of that leadership group. Don has been at the club for a while now. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't like him. You know, everyone calls him Sonny. He's always smiling most of the time. And then in terms of the vice captains, he's picked Romero. When you consider they've got a huge Spanish-speaking contingency in the club, it seems like Romero is the one who um, really a lot of players turn to. And then James Madison is this young, fresh player, 40 million signing from Leicester this summer, um, probably the future of the club. So I think he's really done well in terms of picking who he wants um, to, to be representing this Spurs team going forward. Anita, what was the build-up like for the Newcastle-Villa game over there? Because they made, they kept on making splashes in, in the transfer window, Newcastle. And maybe there were doubts that Newcastle was a one-season wonder, that Eddie Howe couldn't do it again. And they've started off not only on the right foot, but with a big stride forward. How did you guys interpret that pre- and post-5-1 over Aston Villa? I don't think there was any doubt that Newcastle would come and show what they're about. Um, the fact that Eddie Howe was able to turn things around so quickly with the limited resources that he had and then build on that, um, I think showed everyone that they're here to stay. Of course, we saw one of their um, summer signings got on the score sheet, the Italian. Um, and then just also Isaac. I think of the fact that he um, came into the side um, and... Couldn't really find his feet at first, but he looks so strong and fit too, which is important because I know he had issues with some injuries last season. So I think Newcastle are here to stay. They're staking a claim in the top four fight. And also, of course, they're going to be fighting in the Champions League too. So it'll be really exciting to see how that works out. But I think they're here to stay when it comes to that top six, if you want. Anita, how excited are you to have Premier League back? Or were you like, I could have used an extra week after my time in Australia? And you were bite free. You came back. You came back healthy. No, no scares. Like, you got to be feeling good. Definitely. You've got to update the viewers. I had no interactions with spiders, scorpions. Oh, we talk about the lot. I just um, had a little hug with a koala bear, fed some kangaroos. No, I, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, the Premier League, with all the new signings, there's still so much happening. I heard you guys talking about Moises Caicedo. It looks like that deal's going over the line with Mauricio um, Pochettino's Chelsea. Um, and then also Arsenal. A lot of haters were out there talking about what they spent on Declan Rice. Well, have a look at this. This is what the going deal it seems to be, or the going rate, rather, is for defensive midfielders. And then um, also Liverpool. Are they going to have Rome, um, Romeo Lavia? That will be interesting to see. Of course, he's such a promising in talent um, and then speaking of defensive midfielders of course you guys is Tyler Adams where's he going he's been linked with a few clubs of course um, when he joined Leeds from RB Leipzig he seemed like such a promise Leeds didn't have the best of seasons but it does seem like his future could be in the Premier League given that his name has been so strongly associated with so many clubs yeah, I know. It's going to be an exciting season for sure lots to keep tabs on Anita Jones great stuff thanks so much for joining us this morning Thanks so much, guys. Looking forward to getting into more Premier League gossip and chat with you over the season. Yes, <laughs> man. Soon. We'll see you soon. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. We are going to chat a little bit more about Bayern Munich. We're going to hit on Jude Bellingham and how he's settling in at Real Madrid after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
sometimes they throw up strange results first game of the season. Rafinha's got a red card, Ian. Yeah. Xavi's been sent off, Ian. Xavi's getting out. I don't know why or what he said to the Little. fourth official. Fairy tale moment for Jude Bellingham after his big money move delivers his first goal for the club. There's the finish, Danny Olmo for Leipzig. Inside three minutes. Oh my goodness. What have we just seen for the first time ever? Leipzig claim the Super Cup. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, it wasn't like just the, the Premier League. I know, that was nice. <laughs> that was a good, this is a good little pack that we just showed uh, because the European leagues are back in action as well. Lots of exciting games that we saw this weekend. So should we start in La Liga? Mm, Let's do it. Here's a look at some of the notable opening weekend results that we saw. Valencia beating Sevilla 2-1. Las Palmas and Mallorca and in a 1-1 draw. Real Madrid 2-0 over Athletic and Barcelona and Getafe a nil-nil draw. So let's chat about Real Madrid. I know we hit on it a little bit in, in the last segment, but this was the first match for, at Real Madrid for Jude Bellingham. Yeah. And Nico, you were really impressed with what you saw from his debut. Yeah, especially I was impressed by Real Madrid full stop. They're undergoing a generational change. It's very obvious, and it's not only a passing of a guard, but it's reshaping how this Real Madrid looks. We talked about it in the last segment uh, without Benzema, and it's ushering out Cruz Cruz and Modric. Modric. Mm. Like, eight of the 11 players on the team were under 26 years old. If we could just see the lineup and, and kind of visualize how Real Madrid going forward can look... This is how they set up, and the key here was not only um, Vinicius Junior and Rodrigo playing by themselves up top, but the midfield was was imposing. They were aggressive. They were quick. Camavinga is showing every game. He's showing less signs of that youthfulness that maybe you can mess up, uh, that it might be too big of a stage. He's growing into his role. Schwameni was tough. Valverde was non-stop. And then you add Jude Bellingham right on top of them. In, in Spanish, I don't know, in English you call it, it's, it's a rhombus, um, that, that <laughs> midfield four, because Bellingham isn't, he isn't a false nine, because the, the two up top are, are your forwards, um, but he kind of just functions in this role where he is everywhere. And, and shout out also to Fran Garcia, left back, had a, had a good game. So let's just take a look and examine what Bellingham gives us Real Madrid. Show me so, the rhombus. Offensively, he gives you a lot, but I, I kind of want to focus here defensively. He'll slot between uh, Camavinga and Chouameni. Not always, but you see him floating in that space. Look how far back he gets and the way he's able to sense when is a good moment to recover. Here's Militao and Garcia on the ball and, and he pops in, regains, steals the ball back and tries to create something out of this. And and wiggles his way out of pressure, gains a throw-in for Real Madrid. And from the very get-go, he was quick. And, and he has these long strides that's, that helps him cover ground. Here he recognizes when the ball's being lost by Atletic. He combines in a 1-2 with, um, with Camavinga, puts... Uh, 
Rodrigo into space and look how he's able to get back into the box. Those long strides that are gonna that are such a critical part to how he can be all over the pitch and here's a bad pass and he regains the ball look at that in that tackle points at the ball so epic from Jude Bellingham and then the cherry on top was the goal where Schwamini is gonna is gonna fake the going back post the check right here you'll see it and then he goes forward Bellingham peels around he loses his marker and he he himself admitted post game that he mishit that but uh it is fortuitous but as long as you're creating that opportunity, you create it. And the way that he raises his arms to the crowd, are you not entertained? It's very difficult to go to San Mames, Athletic Bilbao's mm. home, and perform like that because it is in a very hostile atmosphere for your debut. This kid has got it all. He can dribble, he can pass, he can recover, he can jump, uh, he can shoot, he can score. And he knows the responsibility of the white shirt. He's a gentleman and he has all the characteristics to become a Real Madrid icon. Did you just explain Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the, the, the play that you highlighted there when he, he wins it back, that tackle, that was my man back in the day. Thank you. Oh, that. thank you. Uh, did you get my money that I paid? <laughs> Venmo, Venmo, check your Venmo. That was Lahoo back in the day. He, he was always good in that transition moment, getting back and, and getting that toe poke mm. in or, or sliding challenge, so yeah. Well, I appreciate respect. you, Chuck. But We're going to take the elevated Mike LaHood, Jude Bellingham, <laughs> yeah. and Vincent. I'm just, yeah. you know, tongue-in-cheek with that. But I agree with you, Nico, and I love the breakdown of it from the defensive standpoint. But, Chuck, what you mentioned about the lack of a striker, with Vinicius Jr., that's a big transition for him to move from playing as a winger on that left side. He got more comfortable when he drifted out wide. Rodrigo stays more central. That creates space for Jude Bellingham and gaps to run forward. As soon as he passes it, I remember when he played with Borussia Dortmund, especially in the Champions League, definitely in the Bundesliga as the season went on. But he, when he had that captain's armband and he took that more advanced role, as soon as he plays the ball wide and he now knows he doesn't have to worry as much about the defensive responsibilities when he's a box-to-box -box midfielder for previous teams. Now in that more advanced number 10 pseudo role for Madrid, as soon as he plays it wide, it's automatic. Carlo Ancelotti has given him the freedom to express himself. That range of covering ground, it reminds me of the responsibility he gave to a very young Ricky Kaká. Very different players in terms of their creative ability, but still that range, the ability to cover ground, that is what made and helped Kaká develop at light year speed with AC Milan. And I think Jude Bellingham has the right manager to take him to the next level. Well, we saw with the English national team in the World Cup, it's, it's that same getting into the box, being dominant in the air. He's, he's very good at controlling the tempo because he has great feet. You can see on that ball where he tried to get out from the sideline and it was one versus three and he still almost got through. He's just very good at anticipating plays and then making that late run out of midfield. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more to, to come from him and I love the shout of Kaká just in the midfield with that stride. One of those players who accelerates with the ball and mm -hmm. is very tough to get once he gets going. And, Man, he's 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 a bright he's I, a bright star. I just wonder if Real Madrid gets the nine. How do you tweak the Oof. system? Mm. I don't know. That's a great question. Pelotti. It's above four, my pay grade. Four two three one four three three. Excuse me. Camavinga goes back to left back. Yeah. But. We'll see. Hey, so far so good for the game. <laughs> uh, let's check out some actions from some other European leagues. Uh, here are a look at some of the notable results 
AFC Wimbledon. Hey, you're an AFC Wimbledon fan. Wasn't yeah. that the kit you wore <laughs> on, on Friday? Yeah. See, I pay attention. They get a 1-1 draw with Wrexham. Uh, Leipzig, 3-0 over Bayern Munich in the Super Cup. PSG and Lorient, a 0-0 draw. Let's talk about Bayern Munich and that uh, Harry Kane's new club. Now, he came in as a sub in this one in, I believe, around the 63rd minute. But this was... All Leipzig in this one, and Harry Kane still doesn't have a trophy, guys. Well, this was all Daniel Olmo of <laughs> RB Leipzig making the most Oof. of his chances. This oh. second goal Shreddy. is just absolutely incredible. Oof. Talk about the flair and just the, the confidence as well from him. But it felt like in those counterattack moments, in the set piece moments, I mean, they a little bit unlucky with the PK for the third goal because Harry Kane had just come in after it was 2 0. Then there's a handball for the PK, mm. and you're down 3-0, and it's your, your debut for, for Bayern Munich. So I, I, felt, I felt for Harry Kane in that instance. But you could tell that Thomas Tuchel is still trying to figure out this team because he made three uh, halftime substitutions with uh, Kingsley Coleman coming in for Lamer. So now Conrad Lamer comes out, who's a defensive midfield, so you're moving Kimmich as a lone six. And you have Gnabry, Sané, Musiala, and Coleman trying to figure out what that looks like under an eventual Kane, who's going to be your nine. And then uh, Minjay, Kim Minjay came in for Delict, and Mazraoui came in for Pavard. And Pavard is rumored to be leaving as mm -hmm. well for possibly Manchester United. So Tuchel is still trying to figure out what this formation looks like, what's the best combination with Harry Kane on the pitch. They, Like you said, they have all the ingredients. This, there's I, there's mm. one ingredient, though. Keeper. Goalkeeper, yes. goalkeeper is a bad one. And, that. But in terms no of no one's of, talking about Neuer not being healthy mm. still. I think that that's what is potentially going to hold this Bayern team back from being at their full strength. That Jan Sommer going out and that move to Italy. That is a big deal because Jan Sommer, although he's a very different sort of repertoire, sort of profile from Neuer. He still stood on his head with this Bayern back line that is still feeble from last year. They won the Bundesliga, but the back line still hasn't been addressed yet. Barely. Barely won the this Bundesliga. This back line is good, though, in terms of individual talent. So now it's just putting it together. But defending as a unit, that's where they get this disjointed and stretched. I think, I think a back three will suit this team the, the, the most, mm. considering you have Delict, Umba Makano, and, and Minjay, Kim Minjay. So with, with that group... Those are three yeah. outstanding center backs. You have Alfonso Davies as a left wing back. Now he can be a little bit more adventurous going forward. And on the right side, you can, you can mix and match. You have so many mm. possi possibilities considering um, all the, the right-footed wingers that you have. <laughs> mm. It was just so weird seeing Harry Kane in a Bayern Munich kit. That was strange. <laughs> yeah. was that was strange. wild. I was like, wow. Wow, it mad. really happened. It actually happened. All right, guys, we're going to take another break. We are diving into some League's Cup action. We've got some semifinals to look forward to. We're talking about it after a quick timeout. <laughs> 